1: Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Today we are once again looking at the January 2022 edition of the Leahona Magazine, and yesterday we were talking about an article that is found in an insert in this particular edition that is only for members of the Church, or I should even say that is only for subscribers that live in the United States and Canada. Those living outside of this area, we assume, are not going to have this article in their January 2022 edition of the Liahona magazine. And yesterday we were asking the question, why? Wouldn't this be something you would think that all members should know about? But apparently not. In this insert, It's an article titled The Book of Abraham, A Most Remarkable Gift for Our Time. And what we've discovered is this is not a fresh article written by Andrew C. Skinner. Andrew C. Skinner is a retired BYU professor of ancient scripture. He retired in 2021. He's now in his 70s. But this was an article that he had written way back in 1997, or at least it was published in the March Ensign of 1997, under the title, The Book of Abraham, A Most Remarkable Book. So the title was a little bit different. And as we brought out yesterday, The article that ran in 1997 was actually a lot longer than this one. There were portions that were edited out to fit in this insert, even though there are a lot of pictures in this insert that probably could have been taken out in order to fit a lot of what Andrew C. Skinner said back in 1997. Speaking of pictures... On page u three Eric what do you see there well
2: I see a man a bald headed man who has a knife in his left hand and he's holding with his right hand the hands of the man who's on this like a bed and there's a an angel that looks like he's coming in to intervene uh, and help the man who's all tied up
1: now where do they get this picture well it's it's no secret They get it from the publication Times and Seasons. It was published in Nauvoo, Illinois, and this particular edition was the March 1st, 1842 edition, which has a drawing of what matches that picture that is on page U3. Now, this is what's known as facsimile one. If you're familiar with the story of the book of Abraham, it's facsimile one. It even says that in the times and seasons, a facsimile from the book of Abraham number one. And it shows virtually in a drawing form what that picture shows us opposite the page. Now, that's misleading right off the bat because we know that facsimile one was not intact And someone, we don't know exactly who, took the torn papyrus and drew in the area that was missing what they thought it should have. And so even though the head of this particular torso is not in the papyrus that Joseph Smith had, somebody drew a human head. And we know that that's not correct. It should have been a jackal head because this is supposed to be in Egyptian mythology. The god Anubis. And Anubis seemed to have a body like a human, but a head of a jackal. But Joseph Smith didn't have the head. So whoever is doing this has taken it upon themselves, some poetic license, which is actually a little bit deceptive and misleading, and inserted a human head and also put a knife in the hand of that character. And this is what we see on page U3.
2: And Bill, if you go to U7, for those of you who have the magazine, the Leahona Magazine, January 2022, you can see exactly what Bill is talking about. And you mentioned yesterday a book by Charles Larson, and he has fold-out pictures to show you what this should have looked like, Bill.
1: Yes, he does. If you look at page 102 in his book, By His Own Hand Upon Papyrus, let me just read you very quickly what should have been there it states that the picture depicts the mythical embalming and resurrection of Osiris. So what that means is this person that, whose hands are tied and has rope around their chest area is not really Abraham at all. What we have here is, as it says, the mythical embalming and resurrection of Osiris Egyptian god of the underworld, Osiris was slain by his jealous brother Set, who cut up his body into 16 pieces and scattered them. But Isis, beloved wife of Osiris, patiently gathered up the pieces and reassembled them. The jackal-headed god Anubis is shown embalming the body of Osiris on the traditional lion-headed embalming couch. So when you see that picture on page U3, that is actually an embalming couch that the church is trying to say Abraham was laying on when this wicked priest of Elkanah is trying to kill him. And you brought something out, Eric. In the picture, his hands are tied But in the hand-drawn facsimile, we don't see that at all. His arms are up in a kind of a curved way, but they're not tied up at all. So that's another bit of artistic license that somebody decided to include. And in the uh, original
2: facsimile one, you have the bird that is what they have interpreted as an angel. So that's where you get the picture of an angel who looks like he's about to intervene.
1: And it's supposed to be, according to Egyptian mythology, that bird-shaped character is supposed to be Osiris's soul. It's not an angel at all. In other words, if you were from the time period that this was made, and by the way, this can only be traced back to around the time of Christ, and that's important. It goes back to the late Ptolemaic period, which covers around 50 years before Christ and about 50 years after Christ. It does not go back to Abraham at all. So this cannot possibly be the writing of Abraham, as many Latter-day Saints were led to believe originally. I don't know if many scholars believe that now. In fact, I doubt if even Latter-day Saint scholars would believe something like that. It makes you wonder how many members might still think so, but that is not true. This does not go back to the time of Abraham at all. But I think what's really telling is when you look at this picture that is on page 102 of By His Own Hand Upon Papyrus. And by the way, you can get this book by uh, going to utlm.org and ordering it online. They would be glad to send you a copy of this, and I'm sure someone there will tell you what the price is currently. The picture on page U3 certainly seems to match the facsimile on page U2, but those pictures do not match the papyrus That Joseph Smith had. And the reason why we say that is because Joseph Smith's papyrus was damaged, and the torso section of Osiris laying on the embalming couch was missing. And I've often wondered, well, what if he had the portion that was missing? Because if you look at what this should have looked like, Osiris has something in his hand. And according to page 102 in the book, By His Own Hand Upon Papyrus, this is the explanation of that portion that Joseph Smith did not have in his possession. It reads, Isis, meanwhile, has taken the form of a falcon and hovers over the groin of Osiris, who holds his phallus. And in parentheses, it says, hence, this is known as an ithyphallic drawing in anticipation of the procreative act, which will make Isis pregnant with their son, Horus. And you can only wonder what Joseph Smith probably would have thought had he had the, the entire papyrus intact. What would he have done then? But he didn't have the torso area. Eric, let's go back to the very beginning of this article, now that we've kind of laid some groundwork as to what people see in this particular article. And
2: there's a pull quote off to the side, and this was in the original March of 1997 article. This book of Scripture, given by Revelation, opens a new window on eternity and offers a unique testimony of the Savior. Among the invaluable records that the Lord promised would be restored in the latter days The book of Abraham, given through the prophet Joseph Smith, is a unique and priceless gem in our treasury of revealed scripture. It is a most remarkable book, an authentic ancient record, that immediately plunges us back into a specific time and place in the Near East, and yet at the same time opens to us the wide expanse of the universe. It is so dynamic that it can reveal the historical and cultural origins of ancient Egyptian civilization. See Abraham 1:21 21 through 28. And yet, in the turn of a phrase, teach us profound truths about eternity. Above all, the book of Abraham is a powerful, Christ-centered text that has as its main themes the eternal nature of the Abrahamic covenant, the preeminence of Jesus Christ, And the role of Jesus Christ in the three great events of the plan of salvation—the creation, the fall, and the atonement.
1: What would you be thinking about the book of Abraham, based on what he has written so far? Well, he
2: says it's an authentic, ancient record, and it takes you back to a place in the Near East, and you're just assuming this must go back to the time of Abraham.
1: And certainly the text is ancient. The text that Joseph Smith had, the papyri, is ancient because, as I mentioned, it goes back to around the time of Christ. It certainly does not go back to the time of Abraham. So this becomes a little misleading already. But when he says an authentic ancient record that immediately plunges us back into a specific time and place in the Near East and yet at the same time opens to us a wide expanse of the universe, what Joseph Smith is going to say the text is saying it's certainly not ancient. It's modern. It comes out of the mind of Joseph Smith himself. Remember, folks, this is what's known as an inspired translation. That is the phrase that the church gives us in order to understand how the book of Abraham came about. You cannot assume, as many Latter-day Saints did many years ago, that what Joseph Smith is giving you is an English rendition of the Egyptian text that he had in 1835 when he starts working on this project. So when it says an authentic ancient record, that's misleading, isn't it? Because it is an ancient record. If you go by the Egyptian, that's written on the papyrus. But what Joseph Smith says is certainly not an ancient record. That goes back to 1835. That goes back to Joseph Smith. So to assume that what he says is something that's ancient, would be to assume incorrectly.
2: Well, it all is based on your presuppositions, and if you go into the book of Abraham and read it, believing that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God, then you're going to accept anything that was written as being authentic. But the key is, was Joseph Smith really translating, in the true sense of the word, something that was ancient? And as we have discovered, the answer is no, because the translation has nothing to do with the original papyrus. And what's
1: helpful about this is that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints admits as much in that Gospel Topics essay. They admit he did not translate in the traditional manner, which is interesting because He never seems to do that. He didn't do that with the Book of Mormon. He didn't do that with the Book of Moses. He doesn't do that with Doctrine and Covenants section 7 that is supposed to talk about the Apostle John. He never has... Anything that we can really examine in order to attempt to try and falsify what he may be saying. Tomorrow we're going to continue looking at this article in the January 2022 edition of the Liajona Magazine, The Book of Abraham, a most remarkable gift for our time.
0: Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism research ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.